Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. Well, good morning. It's good to see all of you uh, post-Thanksgiving. Uh, just FYI, this is the season where we uh, actually set our, our, our scales back 10 pounds. So, just, okay, we'll keep going here. As a Christian, in the Roman world, it was tough. Because the Romans expected everyone to say that Caesar is Lord. And if you didn't say Caesar is Lord, you were in trouble. There was, there was this powerful government that was saying, you are under our control. And as a Christian, your allegiance was not to Caesar, it was to God. It was to Jesus. Jesus was the Lord of the life of a Christian and a believer. And he is our Lord, too. And so when we enter into the world, we know that we are in it, but not of it. And so we live a life that is sometimes very difficult to navigate because we live in a world that wants our allegiance. It wants us to do what it thinks we should do. It wants us to act and talk and participate in everything the way the world wants us to do that. And the force behind that, as, as Pastor Brent has told us, is alive and active, and his name is Satan. He is real. If you believe in Jesus, you've got to believe in Satan. Okay? He's not a figment of your imagination. He's not a fairy tale. He is real. And he has a program to try and discourage you and to bring doubt into your life about your salvation and your security and your faith. And so Paul now writing to the Christians who are in this oppressive society is saying this. I have something I want you to know, and it's good news. And that is that God has you covered. You are completely protected in Christ. And so we're going to we're going to kind of really run through this uh, this passage because it's talking about the armor of God and what it's talking about. It's several pieces of armor. And if you if you have your notes, uh, if you open your your bulletin there, your 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 notes, uh, there are several questions there. And we're going to answer every one of those questions today about what the armor is and how to put it on and all of that. But let's look at the the passage here. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So the first question that I have is, what is your position? Your position here is you are in Christ. Okay, you're in Christ. Christ is covering you. You are surrounded by him. You are in him. And so if I had asked you the question, what is your position? Your response would be, I am in Christ. Let's do this together. What's your position? I am in Christ. Very good. Very good. Okay. Now, what is your practice? As a, as a believer, you are to live the way God wants you to, right? 
I mean, there is the world's way and there is God's way. And God has sent Jesus into this world to forgive us of our sins, which basically was, I'm going to be in charge of my own destiny. I'm going to be in charge of my own life. I'm going to live the way I want to. And God says, you are in Christ. So now you are going to live the way God wants me to. Right. So. So what's your position? I am in Christ. Okay, let's go this again. Okay, what's your position? Okay, and what now is your practice? I live the way God wants me to. Okay, now the next step is where are you going to get your strength to do that? Because if you're like me, I mean, I know I'm in Christ and I'm trying to live the way God wants me to, but I don't always do it. Anybody else besides me finding yourself in that position, right? So what we need to understand is when, where we get our strength is we have to ask God for his help. Okay? So, let's go through this once more time. What's your position? I'm in Christ. Okay? Uh, what's your practice? Okay. And now, where are you going to get your strength to do that? It sounds pretty easy, doesn't it? Sounds pretty easy. You know what? One of the lies of Satan and one of the one of the words for Satan, right, is the deceiver. He's called the deceiver. One of the one of the big lies of Satan is that, no, you can't do this. Even even though God offers his help, no, it can't be done. The truth is, I'm going to ask God for help and then God is going to give you help. Look at verse 12 for our struggles, not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand so God is going to give you his help. And so if I am in Christ and I'm trying to live the way God wants me to, and I ask God for help, well, he's going to give you some help. So what is the help that God is going to give you? It's right here. God gives me what? His armor. Let's say that. God gives me his armor. Let's say it together. God gives me his armor. So if you're going to want to live the way God wants you to, You ask God for help and God's going to give you his armor. So now it's important to understand what that armor is, how to put it on and how to keep it on. Right. So God gives you his armor. And here's a picture of a soldier with his armor on. Right. Uh, That's what it's going to look like. And you've got all the little pieces of armor there. They're all labeled. So you know where to put them and how to put them on. So we're going to talk today about what that armor is and what you are supposed to do that. Now, it says put on the full armor of God. That that action put on in the Greek language is to put it on and keep it on. So this is not the armor that you you know you put on during the daytime then you take it off and you put on your snuggly warm pajamas and your little furry slippers and you sit around with that no your armor is on all the time you say well that's kind of uncomfortable right no this is really really nice armor okay <laughs> i'm telling you this is the most comfortable armor you're ever going to wear all right so if this is god's armor what do you do with god's armor let's say it together 
I put it on and keep it on. That's very important. Very important. So now if you don't have armor on, this is what you look like. All right. Okay. Now, I mean, you laugh, but how many times have you felt vulnerable? Right. You find yourself in a situation and you wonder, oh, can I manage this? And suddenly fear starts to creep in. And there's doubt about who you are. Am I really in Christ? Am I really forgiven? Does God really love me? Am I going to be able to to navigate today and, and keep my faith commitment to Christ? And you, and you feel naked and afraid, right? Well, you don't have to because God gives you his armor. Now, why do you keep your armor on? It's very basic, very basic. It's so Satan can't trick me. Let's say that again. So Satan can't trick me. When you put on these pieces of armor, you're going to have the protection of God. Remember, it's God's armor. It's not your armor. It's God's armor. He is. It's not like on loan. He's going to give you his armor. He's got lots and lots, all different sizes, just fit specifically for us. But this armor now is there so Satan can't trick us. Remember, the passage started and it says now there there are principalities and powers that are beyond us. They they are spiritual. We're in a spiritual battle and the armor is meant to protect us from these dark forces of the spiritual realms. And the main driving force behind this, this, this evil is lies. Just trying to, to feed us lies, trying to deceive us, trying to discourage us and fill us with doubt about our faith. So let's look at verse 14. Verse 14 says, stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with a readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So we're going to look at each piece of armor and talk a little bit about what it is and how to put it on and how to keep it on. All right. So what is the belt of truth and how do you put it on? Well, the belt of truth, what's the opposite of truth? Lies, right? So there's God on one side who has the truth. He only speaks the truth. God never lies. That's the belt of truth. To keep in our hearts and our minds that the word of God, what he says to us, what he speaks to us through his word and through his son, Jesus Christ, is all truth. It's not lies. And Satan, he loves to he loves to give you maybe a part of the truth and then just twist it a teeny bit. But the belt of truth is just that it is truth and it is the truth that God Never lies. And so the way that I put that belt of truth on is this. I listen to God and I believe him. Let's say it together. I listen to God and I believe him. How many times have you read something in scripture or you know what the right thing to do is and there's a little doubt that's thrown in there? Are you sure that's that's a good thing? You sure that's the right way to go? It doesn't sound right to me. And so you veer off a little bit. You do your own thing. Or you just want to suppress that truth in order to do the thing that you want to do. 
And you think, oh, this could be okay. This could work out. Nope, 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 nope. Now, see, see, now a Roman who puts on his armor, one of the, the first things that he did is he put on his belt. You know why? Because they wore togas in those days. And, you know, you can't be running around with a skirt on while you're, while you're in a battle. You know? I mean, look at that guy. You know, he's just tripping over your skirt. You don't want to do that. So what do you do? You take your toga, and it, this is, looks funny, but you grab it from behind, okay, and you pull it up like this so it looks like a big diaper, all right? And then you wrap your, your belt around that, cinch it up, and now you're ready to rock and roll, okay? Now you can run without tripping over your skirt. So the idea here is that the thing that really holds everything together for us as Christians is the belt of truth, is the word of God, so that we know what is right and what is wrong, what is true, what is false. If we don't have the truth, then we're lost. We're lost in battle, right? And so we listen to God and we believe him. Now, the breastplate of righteousness is the next piece of armor. What is the breastplate of righteousness? Righteousness is that right relationship with God. Right? Because you can't have a relationship with God when you're living in sin. And so there are exactly two layers to a breastplate. For a Roman, he would put on a breastplate. It usually had, you know, you see these pictures of the Romans with the metal on their breastplate, right? It was, it was so, you know, if they would get hit with a sword or maybe an arrow or something like that, it would kind of bounce off, right? But they also put an, an inner layer on those things. So it wouldn't chafe, you know, it wouldn't, wouldn't rub against your skin. So there was an outer layer and there was an inner layer. And the outer layer of righteousness is this. It's the righteousness that God gives you. Pastor Brent talked about the fact that, that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. So we could have our relationship with God restored. So now we have a right relationship with God instead of a wrong relationship with God, right? And so God provides the outer layer, that that bold metal layer that just is impenetrable. That's the layer of righteousness that God gives you. You are right with God because of what Jesus has done for you. Now, what is that inner layer of righteousness, though? You see, there's an inner layer of righteousness that needs to be present. And that inner layer of righteousness is the righteousness that I live. It's the one that I live. And so the breastplate of righteousness is what? It's a right relationship with God. So how do I put this, this relationship on? I, I, first of all, I accept God's forgiveness. And then I put on the inner layer and live like I'm forgiven. Let's all say that. I accept God's forgiveness and I live like I'm forgiven. That's really basic, basic. We need to have a right relationship with God and we accept his forgiveness and we live like we are forgiven. Now, we come to the shoes. Now, shoes for the, the, the Romans, it's really an interesting pair of shoes because what they did is they took a thick layer of leather and then they, they, they put nails in that so that spikes were on the ground, right? Then they put another layer over that. And then they would strap them to their feet. And the idea is these weren't running shoes. These were shoes for defensive posture. You didn't want to be slipping and sliding around when you're fighting. Okay? 
And so this, this is a pair of shoes to make you stand firm, right? I mean, when he started this passage, he said, so stand firm, stand. You're standing in the, the gospel of peace, right? And so here he says, how do I, how do, I do this? It's the good news, basically, that I'm on God's winning team. See, because peace is, when we are against God, we're against. When we're for God, when we're with God, when we're in Christ, we are now at peace with him. See? So here, the opposite of peace is war. Peace, war. So now what we have is we have peace with God. And that means that I am on God's team, not on Satan's team anymore. Understand? So, uh, peace with God. Now, one of the things that, that we all pray for, I mean, everybody wants world peace. We'd love that to happen. But true peace only comes through a relationship, a right relationship with God that's made possible through Jesus Christ. That's peace. Now you know, I mean, you're at peace with the fact that God loves me. He's not against me. He's for me. And I'm now for him. I'm trying to live the way that he wants me to. And I'm at peace with him. So it's the good news that I'm at peace with God. So the way that I put these, these shoes on is I celebrate God's victory over sin and death and live at peace with God and others. Now, that's a long thing to say, right? But you can write that down. That I'm, I'm now living at peace with God. And so that comes out in a, in a tradition that we're a part of, and that is one of peace. That we are people who accept God's peace into our life, but actually are promoters of peace. Okay? Now, we can do this because we have God's strength. We have God's strength. Um, Part of the armor is knowing that it is God's armor and he gives it to us and he's the one who creates peace for us. You know, one of the one of the things that Satan always likes to do is he likes to create doubt and discouragement. And he causes fear to be the main motivator behind everything he does. I don't know about you, but, you know, I, uh, I've had a problem with fear in my life. I've always been the littlest guy. In, in my class, all right? Growing up, when I went to junior high, I was four foot eight and I weighed 85 pounds, okay? Probably a, a good third grader size, you know? And uh, so I, when I walked on campus the first day, I was afraid. I really was. And then, you know, not just to add to my fear, I was walking down the outdoor hallway and, and, uh, and this huge, massive mountain of a guy was coming the other direction right at me and he looked scary and he walked right up to me and, and my eyes were as big as saucers and he stopped and he pointed his big finger at me and said hey you're Daryl Porter's little brother aren't you and I said dude I am whoever you want me to be <laughs> and it turned out that this guy was, was my, my big brother's friend's he was in athletics with him and all this. His name was Ernie, and he was massive. I mean, he was like six foot tall and looked like a full-grown man, and he's muscles on top of his muscles, muscles, right? 
Well, and then he, he looked down at me, pointed his finger at me, poked me into my chest, which really hurt. And he says, I'm going to be your friend. And I went like, this is good. <laughs> this is a good thing. So not too long into the school year, um, you know, I'm trying to navigate life. I'm a little guy getting around, and I find myself in the lunch line one, one day, and everybody's taller than me, and, and this, all of a sudden this little guy tries to cut right in front of me, and he's about my size. And I thought, oh, my opportunity here. I said, I tapped him on the shoulder. I said, hey, back of the line, dude, you know. And he kind of looked at me, and, you know, and then he went to the back of the line. So I find myself on the lawn. It's a sunny day, you know, with my, my little meek friends with me. And I've got my tuna sandwich and, and my chocolate milk and my Twinkie and everything. And, and I'm about ready to take a bite of a tuna fish sandwich. And suddenly, you know, it skids across my face because I just got kicked in the shoulder. And it turns out to be this little guy. Well, it turns out he is the leader of the gang on campus. His name is Carlos. And he, then he starts, we had a term, choosing you off. He, he wanted to fight me. He said, I'm going to fight you right now, dude. And he had about, you know, ten of his little friends in a semicircle around my, my friendly circle. And, of course, all my friends were wimps like me. You know, I'm going, like, oh, man, this is really great, right? You know, about this time, um, I, I'm just trying to keep the peace. I, I just don't want to fight this guy because he's got so many friends with him, you know. And, and so one of my friends actually gets up and runs away. I'm going like, thanks a lot, dude, you know? Well, you know, Tom, I didn't know what he was doing. He was running to get Ernie. And suddenly, you know, I mean, all his friends and him were facing me. And behind him, to, un, unknown to him, Ernie was running. And the ground started to shake. <laughs> and he ran up. And it was so funny because all, one of his friends started looking around and going, oh, and they started nudging each other. They all left because they saw Ernie coming. And when Ernie got there, he grabbed Carlos and he flipped him around and he literally picked him up with one hand. And then he took his finger that had a lot of muscles in it. And, <laughs> and he pointed his finger at Carlos. He says, if you ever... Touch Bruce. You are going to die. <laughs> yeah. And he says, and if Bruce ever just falls down and hurts his, his he skins his knee, you are going to die. You know, and he set him down and Carlos ran away. You know what? I never had another problem with Carlos all through all through junior high and all through high school. And Carlos remained the leader of the gang. But you know what? I had protection. Why? It wasn't my strength. Whose strength was it? It was, it was Ernie's strength. But God now, well, you know, Ernie wasn't God, but boy, he was to me, you know, for a long time. But I thought, you know, what a great, great picture of what it means to be a believer. You've got a friend. That is always there for you. You are in Christ. That's your position. You are in Christ. And so we celebrate God's victory over sin and death. And we live at peace with God and others. And the reason that we have peace is because God is always there. 
God is always there and Satan cannot win. So verse 16, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which is with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So quickly, what's the shield of faith and how do I use it? Well, you believe God and obey him. That's what faith is. Faith is just believing that what God says is true and you act on it. So faith is not, you know, oh, yeah, I believe it. No, faith is I believe it and I put it into action. So this this shield is very interesting because it wasn't a little round shield that they would put on their arm. This was a big shield. This was the shield that you ever watch a Roman phalanx, they called them. And they, they would take big pieces of lumber and they would build this thing about as high as the, you are tall. And then they, they notched that little notch in the side there and they put their spears through there. And then you see those Romans walking side by side and they're, they're just like, you know, huge. And so when the enemy would shoot arrows at them, what would they do? They would bend down like this and they would lean that shield back and it was just like a wall. And it was a wall. And what was interesting is they would cover it usually with metal. And so when those arrows would come, what? They would just bounce. They would bounce. And so that shield of faith, it gives you complete protection. It gives you complete protection. So the shield of faith is what? I believe God and I obey him. But then it's like, um, you understand that Satan is constantly trying to shoot arrows at you. Constantly. Now, one of the great things about this shield is that the Roman picture that we have here is this shield of faith is that we are believing in concert with other believers. It's like that we're locking our shields together. And together we have that complete protection that God provides. And then he says, put on the helmet of salvation. Put on the helmet of salvation. Now, when you think of the, the, the salvation, um, the, this is a, a piece that usually had metal in it. If you had, had a cheap helmet, it had bits of metal. But the idea here is that if you would get hit on the head with a broadsword, because that was the, the, one of the main, main uh, uh, weapons that, that the Romans used, is that if it came down on your head, you were done, Right? And if you have this metal helmet on, you you might actually survive, right? Well, the idea here is that Satan has this broad sword of discouragement and doubt. And we need to have our helmet covering our mind completely. And that, that helmet of salvation, of course, then is what? It's the assurance of your salvation. There's so many scriptures that we need to to put to memory and we put that that helmet on by being hard headed being hard headed and know that you are saved so how you put that helmet on is you practice you practice reading God's word all of those those verses that give you the security of your salvation and you put that on you keep it on you stay hard headed and you know without a shadow of a doubt that you are saved Nothing can take away your salvation. Jesus has you firmly wrapped in his hands and no one can pry you out of his hands. 
He has covered you with his grace. If he died to save you of, of your sins, is he able to do anything less? Would he do anything less to keep you safe? Of course not. So he gives you this helmet of salvation. He says, I want you to know, I want you to have a clear mind that you are completely saved. God's grace covers all of your sin. Now, sword of the spirit. This is the last piece of armor. And you think, well, that isn't armor. That's, that's in your hand, right? Now, this sword, it was not the big broad sword. This sword was the small sword. It was a dagger, and it was usually between 6 and maybe 18 inches at most. But this was the sword that was strapped to your side, and when you got close, in close fighting, you would take that dagger. And the only way that you were able to really hurt someone, if they were, had armor on as well, is you'd have to pick your spot and very specifically put that where it's supposed to go. The idea behind this sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God... Right. Is that you apply God's word specifically to the situation that you are in. You can't be in a situation and just say, yeah, John 316, you know, and you're, you know, it doesn't always work that way. There are specific things that God says about specific issues. And so we need to understand that studying God's word regularly, being in God's word to know Oh, I'm in this situation. Now I have God's word and I know what God says about that. And I say it out loud. I repeat it to myself and I say, no, that's not something that I should be involved in. That's not some place where I should go. Or this is something that I should be, be in, encouraged about. You see, God wants you to have the specific tool for the right situation. And God's word covers it all. Now, I know that, that it was written at, in ancient times, but boy, does it apply to today, doesn't it? Because God understands that we are all human beings. We are all, we are all wired the same way in terms of our emotions, our feelings. We've all shared the feelings of elation, of, of wonder, of doubt, of discouragement, of fear, of anxiety, those are common to all people. And God's word speaks to all those issues. And the thing that covers it all is that God wants us to know that he gives us this armor to use it to know that, that we can basically be protected always from the lies and the tricks of Satan. Okay? So, what is the sword of the Spirit? It is the Word of God. Say it together. It's the Word of God. And how do I use that sword? I will say what God would say. Say that together. I will say what God would say. You need to sometimes say it out loud. This is what God says about that. Now, how do we keep this all on at all times? Well, verse 18 says this, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So what's the power behind the armor? What is it? It says it right there. I pray at all times and never give up. Say that with me. 
I pray at all times and never give up. You've heard in other places in Scripture, it says pray without ceasing. That's what it means. It doesn't mean that you're always talking. But it means you're, you have this spirit of prayer. Now, you know, when I found myself in a difficult situation that I needed to get out of, what did I do? In my mind, I was saying, Lord, please get Ernie here quicker. you right, you know. But what we need to do is remember that prayer should lead us again to a conversation with God. And God is speaking back to you. And if you are... Are, are knowledgeable of God's word, then God says something to you. He says, I'm going to give you my armor. And as you understand what God's armor is and you actually do what God's word says, you are protected. You're protected. Now, these people lived in a time where we know that, that it was tough. Many people were killed even for their faith because they wouldn't say Caesar is Lord. They, they, they knew that, that they were um, always in a battle. And so here we are in a situation where we know that this is the armor of God that will protect us. So we need to put it on and keep it on. Now, this is kind of the wrap-up. And so Paul says in verse 19, So pray for me, too, that whenever I open my mouth, that words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. That's the good news, right? The good news, the gospel that Jesus has paid the penalty for our sin. He has he has made peace between us and God again. And he says, I'm the ambassador. I'm now in change, but pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should, right? I think we need to also be the kind of people like Paul was, who basically say, you know, there are times when I'm discouraged. I have my doubts. I, I'm facing my fears as a human being in a world that is anti-Christian, anti-Christ. And so I need to pray, God, Fill me with your power, your power to cover me completely. Help me to have the faith and the righteousness and the truth at hand at all times so that I can speak the word of good news to others as well. You know, God, God bless you today because you are a child of God. You are in Christ You have been given everything you need to live the way God desires for you to live, the way he originally created you to live in love with him and in love with others. Give you peace. Let's pray together, all right? God, thank you so much for your armor. Um, Wow. To know that that you give us, you provide everything that we need to be able to stand our ground when evil comes, when lies are shared, when we're starting to be confused, we put that armor on, God, and know that without a shadow of a doubt, we're covered. You love us. We're forgiven. We're in right relationship with you. Help us to celebrate that, God. We celebrate with thanksgiving how much you've given and how much we've received. 
Help us to share that with others, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com. Thank you.